1: Whoa, baby. You know what that sound means. It's I not mean, Jerry Waltrip. You thought you were rid of us. On Wednesday, you thought you were done with the uh, AARP-approved Jamie Foxx and Mark Kramer, but no, we're back. We're like a bad and better penny. better than ever. We're like a bad <laughs> Yeah, right. We're, we're back and better than ever. We're like a bad penny. Or a bad Indeed. comic. Or a bad comic. We always seem to turn up and come back at some point or another welcome to the edge on espn 97.7, and again mark kramer and jamie fox with you here this morning terry is in servicing today
2: that's his story
1: that's his story anyway he may be sitting back drinking a cold one listening to us
2: <laughs> <laughs> a la harry Carey. you're yeah, <laughs> right <laughs> he's
1: really disappointed in
2: the cubs season so he started early on his bush bavarian beer <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> So uh, again, welcome to The Edge, however you're listening to us this morning. We're glad that you're with us. Uh, I'd like to thank Dr. David Weber from North Monroe Animal Hospital, Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at law, and Pie Works Pizza by Design. Go f- see those fine folks, see Jay and his bunch on Tower Drive for lunch today, or dinner, or both. Sometimes both is good as well. they got plenty of stuff there for you to get both, so not a problem there. So, uh, welcome in again this morning. Hey, how about them Saints?
2: Oh, <laughs> Well, it's like, uh, again, it could be another year of bamboo shoots underneath the fingernails uh, if you're going to be a Saints fan. Um, I did not see anything that uh, encouraged me to say that Drew Brees' successor is, is is on the roster just yet, but I could be wrong. Uh, the defense looked okay. Okay. Uh, the Alvin Kamara looked pretty good. Uh, there were, it's kind of like, uh, kind of like uh, my love life, uh, Mark. It was uh, hits and misses, mostly misses, and uh, it uh, it didn't go over. Uh, it, it as far as uh, spine tingling excitement, it lacked it. Um, I'll just say this: I'm not I'm not ready to throw in the towel. But when you lose to a team, even it's preseason that went one in fifteen. I would say it's not time to hit the panic button, but my finger is on it. So uh, I guess it could uh, – did, uh, did you happen to catch any of that uh, – that, I, I know you were at the edge of your seat most of the night, but did you happen to catch most of the game?
1: Uh, about half of it probably, not all mm-hmm. of it. But, for you know, from what I – and I was talking to John before we went on the air. Uh, I kind of said the same thing you did that it didn't seem to uh, boost your confidence uh, that if Drew Brees got injured. Now, Chase Daniel did okay. I mean, he knows the offense. He's kind of a veteran. You know, he's a veteran guy, even though he hasn't started a whole lot of games uh, in the NFL. Uh, you know, he looked, uh, well, let's say, serviceable. Sure. But, you know, beyond that, uh, the the anything behind Brew, Drew Brees uh, – just didn't look uh, very encouraging.
2: No, but I think uh, you know I think they're going to give Garrett Grayson, you know, every chance possible to uh, to make it because he was a draft choice. But I just don't know if it's there. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Some of the problems on the offensive line I think were magnified. Um, I was impressed with the linebacker play, uh, obviously bringing in Teal and uh, AJ Klein. Uh, you know, appeared to be solid moves. Uh, Robertson again played uh, very well. It, uh, I, you know, I just don't know at this point whether, uh, again, uh, a healthy Saints squad could be could be a different matter. They did hold Peterson, uh, Ingram, and Breeze out as well, and there and some most of the starters as well. I don't think even uh, uh, Willie Snead saw the field. So it, it's it's it was no doubt. Uh, players tried to make the team. I do feel good that they found a uh, a complement to the power game of Peterson and Ingram with with Kamara. Uh, I think Lasco looked good as well. So uh, that's on the offensive side on the defensive side. Uh, uh, Ken Crawley I thought had a nice breakup. there were some you know again a lot of that's determined by yeah uh, you know, again, what's the pass rush up front? What does the front uh, seven give them? Um, and I think it, it, at this point, uh, a health a, it's just like last year, a healthy Saints squad could be a good one. But uh, right now, I don't know what the over and under is on what Cleveland's going to do this year. I'm saying they're going to win six ball games. So
1: they did uh, seem I don't know. to be a little better than last year. Yes, but I think so. I don't know how bad. But uh, let's bring in our great producer, Mr. John Tabor, a la Super Saints fan. He had some comments before we went yes. on the air. Your thoughts on the game, sir?
3: I thought the defense looked looked decent. You know, they, they gave up the touchdown off the turnover when Grayson, I guess he tried to dribble the football, and and then the the, the long pass that, that Kaiser had down to the one. You know, the blown coverage. But other than that, I, I thought the ones and twos on defense looked, you know, at least encouraging. And you can't really gauge much from the offense. You know, Drew didn't play any. Daniel played what two series. So you know, as far as Grayson, man, it's it just it just uh, it's not there. You know, it and, doesn't and look like I, it. I, I saw more from Nasib. He's been in camp what a month, and he seemed to at least show something to, to grow upon. You know, probably a practice squad player, but. Yeah, poor Grayson it just I think you, you just got to cut bait and move on
2: yeah it's kind of hard to find, take issue with that John I think it it's just this is his third year I think in the system and uh of course you know you kind of yeah. like to see him with the ones like but you said
3: just, yeah it's his third year and I saw from massive more from Nassib who's been there three weeks
2: right totally agree so it's not looking very positive uh for a for a third stream but I thought Daniel played well. Uh, so, of course, he's familiar with the system as well. But uh, to John's point, I mean, he's he's been out. He's been with, I think, Kansas City and a couple of other programs, and he now he's back, and, uh, you know, he seems to have a better grasp of it, you know, his dump downs and things like that than, than Grayson does. So uh, we'll see. Again, uh, I think you see the value of Ter- Teron Armstead. I think that's a big loss. Um, so we'll see. I think it's a deep. It's obviously a very deep team at running back. Uh, I like the linebacker depth. I like some of the secondary, to be honest with you. Offensive line uh, could be a real issue, but we'll see as the season progresses.
1: 888-993-7762, Washtenaw Valley Federal Credit Union hotline and text line, and we have one uh, putting the screws to Puffy here this morning. I want to tell you who this is. (laughs) Leave it to Puffy to hit the panic button to freak out after the first preseason game. A team that didn't have Drew Brees, Mark Ingram, and AP is not the Saints. First string is that, uh, is first, that my sainted son that's saying this? First string, first string D gave up one score, and that was on a short field. Okay, well, so na 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 nah, nah. Well, you know what? Uh, I I see
2: the game's totally sober now, and and he doesn't. So I think I'm more objective than he I think I'm a better judge of talent right now. You know, to, and, uh, to the
1: point that you and John were making uh, yes. seriously about uh, Grayson, I think, uh, and John said this b- before we went on the air, too, that, you know, the Saints are giving him every opportunity to mm-hmm. try to make it because of what you said, because he's a draft choice. Right. And, you know, you don't want to – I mean, we've dogged the Saints for quite a long time about some of the uh, the wasted draft picks, especially in maybe the second, third round kind of guys. You know, everybody louds the Saints and Sean Payton for getting the, you know, seventh round or non-undrafted free agent guys that end up making the team. But, and they, they've done okay, they've done okay with first rounders, but, It's kind of those, uh, you know, after the first day or after the first round kind of guys uh, that haven't always panned out for them. So I think they're going to give him every single opportunity to try to do something simply because of that fact.
2: Well, I think, I think absolutely. I mean, there there was a huge investment in Garrett Grayson. I mean, he was a third round pick and uh, you know, he's, he was on the, I guess you'd call it the practice squad last year. And he, uh, you know, he's had a few bright spots, but it just – I don't know whether this is just a, a – whether it, it looks like it's just some physical limitations he's got. Now, he may – you know, I think he'll he'll be with the squad, you know, all the way through uh, through preseason. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I think Nassib kind of took a, a nasty hit and, and may, may be in concussion protocol right now. I don't know. But certainly I feel pretty good about – I feel good about, obviously, Breeze and Daniel. That third – But, of course, a lot of teams don't even carry three quarterbacks. So uh, we'll see how the rosters break down, where they feel like they can take uh, three going into the 53 squad. And that's been a big – I just – you know, and nowadays with the speed of the game and the injuries, I just think 53 is way too small a roster, Uh, not just for the Saints, but for everybody. But, uh, you know, that's the way it is right now. And, uh, yeah, I guess it should be – I guess I should take the attitude that the the glass is half – Full, but that would go against my nature. I'm by and large, a, a, as a rule, I'm a very negative person. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Daniel from West Monroe texts in on the Washtenaw Valley Federal C- Credit Union text line and says, Come on, Sean, it was the Browns,
2: <laughs> yeah, well, with uh, th-
1: with three or four exclamation points.
2: Uh, well, you know. I'm just saying it was indeed it was the Browns. 1 in 15 last year. So if if you can jump up and down on your bed and and uh, wave the pom-poms and, and and sing hosannas then then good for you. But uh as of right now I'm saying this is uh this is a 500 team. Uh
1: for the Saints which would be one w- victory by the way better than last year. So we'll see. So when does and we've kind of bantered this about from time to time uh Jamie, on the sports company uh, going all the way back to last football season. And that is if, say, what you just said happens, say the Saints go 500, that's going to be a lot of years in a row where the Saints have either been at 500 or below, still under Sean Payton. So when does it, when does the point, where's that line in the sand where Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton have to start taking? most of the ultimate responsibility for the overall failures of the team. I mean, I know they've had injuries and but everybody has injuries. You know, the Patriots and, you know, the Packers and the Seahawks and and those teams they have injuries too just like everybody else. Uh so when do those two guys start getting a little more of the heat turned up on the responsibility factor? if the Saints kind of flounder again this season
2: well according to our good friend Warren Guerrero uh, it appears that uh, Sean Payton may be eating his way out of New Orleans I I didn't really pay that big of attention but apparently Warren was uh, was very concerned about his weight gain Um, I would say you know I I don't think it's this year I mean I think if the Saints obviously uh, go at least win eight ball games I think that uh, things are in place I don't think uh, right now, with Mr. Benson' his, his age and his health, I don't think he's inclined to make any changes. Uh, I don't know how much longer uh, Peyton's contract runs, but no, I don't. I don't think it'll ha- unless it's just an abysmal uh, season where they win four, five, six games. I, I think it's you know it's safe to say he'll be there. Enough, simply because he is a great coach. I mean, there's there's no question he's you know, he's a Super Bowl-winning coach. and I, But that only buys you capital for so long. Yeah, I was going to say, and, how,
1: long, how yeah. much credit does that buy you in the future to have won, you know, one Super Bowl?
2: Um, but again, I think it's – and unless it's an abysmal failure. I mean, this, this on paper certainly seems like a, a stronger team. I don't know if you got a chance to catch uh, Sean's interview with uh, Catherine Terrell or Cat Terrell. Uh, used to be for uh, writer for the New Orleans Times Union, is now the ESPN beat writer for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I thought her point was well. I mean, she said this is uh, he doesn't really recognize this Saint squad because there's been so much roster turnover. So uh, I mean, is that is that because they see problems and are addressing it? I think maybe from the defensive side you could say that um, the same issues. Uh, I don't want to come down too, too hard on him because he is a you know is a, obviously a very good player, but Ted Ginn. You know, drop that touchdown pass it appeared. Uh
1: imagine you know, that Ted Ginn not having good hands. I would uh, have never thought that.
2: Never thought that, <laughs> but again, that was uh there there that's what the preseason's for is for you to dispel those uh those ugly myths that follow you. But uh never have understood happen.
1: this is just one this is just kind of a minor coaching thing. I've never understood how somebody that plays the wide receiver position and also does special teams in punt and kickoff return how they don't have a whole lot of problem catching a punt or a kickoff but can't catch, have terrible hands when they're at the receiver position. To me, <laughs> I've never understood that, unless it's them trying to catch while running. Uh, but it just to me, it doesn't, it's never made a whole lot. I have I actually coached a couple of kids like that, and I just tried to get them to explain to me, why can you do this, but when you try and do the other, you can't do it, or if you have more trouble doing it. So anyway, um, one more text before we go to the break. Um, I also think they go 500 this year, but has nothing to do with this particular preseason game where the starters barely play and they don't game play or game plan for the opponent. 888-993-7762. So ponder this a little bit and holler at us when we get back from the break. Second AC, the no, second SEC player to come out in about the last week or so and say that the NFL is easier and slower than their play in the SEC. Have another SEC player coming out yesterday and saying they were surprised the NFL is not as fast as the play in the SEC. We'll We'll chew on that a little bit when we return here on The Edge. Jamie and I will be right back. Put the power and comfort of Lincoln in your hands with spectacular deals from J. Mallard Ford Lincoln. Get 4,000 customer cash back on new 2017 Navigators, plus 0% financing for 72 months with approved credit. And that's in addition to the big J. Mallard discounts. Or see their selection of certified pre owned Lincolns with factory warranties up to 100,000 miles. Your Lincoln is waiting at J. Mallard Ford Lincoln in Jonesboro. Visit jmallardford.com. It was a tough time.
0: I didn't know what to do. You gave me hope.
1: You fought for me.
0: You treated me like family.
1: Now we say thanks.
0: It's good to know we can count on Bobby.
3: I'm attorney Bobby Manning. If you've been involved in an accident, don't delay, call me today.
0: Attorney Bobby Manning, office in Monroe. Call 324-1411. If you could talk to your animal when they say, they're telling you to take me to North Monroe Animal Hospital, listen closely and you'll hear what Dr. David Weber hears. That's a thank you for taking me to North Monroe Animal Hospital. For your animal's health care, call Dr. David Weber at North Monroe Animal Hospital, 345-4545. No animal too small or too large. Well, you better call Dr. Weber first on that one. 345 4545.
4: Hey, this is Sean Fox, sports director here at ESPN 97.7, inviting you to join me and the rest of the sports company every day, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6, for our unique, unfiltered take on the world of local and national sports. We're going to make you laugh. It might make you cry, and there's a pretty good chance at some point I'm going to make you mad. But we're going to have a lot of fun along the way. That's the Sports Company, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6, right here in your home for sports in North Louisiana, ESPN 97.7.
0: How does it feel? You're officially living on the edge. Hit Terry Waldrop up at 888-993-7762 and let him know. It's the Edge with Terry Waldrop on ESPN
1: 97.7. Welcome back to the Edge here on ESPN 977. Mark Kramer in for Terry Waldrop today and Jamie Fox, of course, the the one constant in an otherwise bewildered world is here with us again here on the Edge. Okay, he's
2: sometimes bewildered in a constant world, but yeah.
1: <laughs> King Charles texts in and says on the Washtaq Valley Credit Union hotline and text line 10 to 15 years Sean Payton will be a solid offensive coordinator for a great head coach he has a great offensive mind but has a lot of shortcomings in personnel even on the offensive side and he says Loomis will be unemployed
2: yeah I mean of course you you brought in a couple of years ago maybe three years ago Jeff Ireland from the Miami Dolphins to put another set of eyes on that on that uh, personnel situation, how you evaluate it, where you draft, who you go for. So um, I think he has as much input as uh, perhaps Loomis and Peyton in that draft room now. So I've been impressed uh, with the last couple of drafts for the Saints. I don't know, uh, you know, it, sometimes, you know, you have some head scratchers in there like uh, the Muhammad kid this year from Miami of Florida. Uh, you know, you, of course, I don't think that's a matter of talent. It's a matter of character. So, um, we'll see if he sticks it out. Uh, I saw him moving around pretty good Yes, last night. So, um, we'll see as far as, you know, I think it's the valuation of talent. Um, you know, this is the same staff that uh, let Rob Ninkovich go. Uh, but at the same time, you get some hits. You know, they've always been able to find some hidden gems like Armstead, like a Willie Sneed, uh, and Tommy Lee Lewis, which, by the way, one other player I'd like Didn't to did he play up, the piano? Uh, he, I Great think balls he, of he, fire. Uh, I think quite a <laughs> <laughs> little bit, little bit missed there, uh, Mark. You, you shot, you didn't hit the target there, but good try. Um, no, that would be uh, Jerry Lee. But uh, and, oh, and if you yeah, notice, okay. Tommy, yeah, they're not related. Different not ages, even dist- yeah, not even distantly related. But uh, uh, Brandon Coleman, the, the kid from Rutgers, I think six six tall. I thought he looked really good. Had put on some weight and stronger, and so it's a really good, pretty good wide receiving. I don't know if it's the best in the league, but uh, certainly an upgrade. Well, and, Drew Brees
1: uh, can make any tight end and wide receiver uh, a star by the way he distributes the ball around the field. So, you know, if I was any kind of, uh, especially with the clock ticking on his career, if there was any team and if I had a chance to be a free agent uh, or get drafted by a specific team and I was a receiver or a pretty good tight end, man, I would just drool at coming to the Saints simply because you know that Drew Brees is going to make you better and is going to make you stand out. Because if you're even half open, he's going to get the ball to you. And it would give me, if I was in that position, uh, if I was just a kind of semi-route runner, I sure would uh, really bust it to get my route running down to an exact science to be able to uh, get open enough to where Drew Brees would look at me at a regular basis. Because if you're there, he's going to get it to you.
2: Well, and if you look at the – I think they've got maybe seven tight ends on that. That's, that's going to be the tough cut down area is uh, the tight end spot. Uh, they've got a bunch of really good ones. And uh, I think Josh Hill is back. You've got uh, – I'm not going to even try to attempt his name. that They drafted from uh, – excuse me, they got in a trade from New England. Um, you know, of course, uh, it's just a very deep uh, tight end. Of course, Fleener's back. He hasn't had the return on investment yet. You'd like to see if you're the Saints, but you know he had a—he's a pretty, uh, pretty solid uh, player at the tight end position. So those, to me, the tight end position—that's going to be some really tough cut downs. Um, but we'll see how many they keep on the roster. But uh, I'd say that's the. There's a lot of depth both at tight end and at running back. It's the offensive line where I think uh, they're serviceable, but can't afford injury. And, of course, Unger's not there either. You know, you want to make that point. Unger and Armstead, uh, neither one. But, you know, that's the key. you got to be healthy. And will they be able to stay healthy? And I think that's the wild card this year for the
1: 2017 New Orleans Saints. Okay, here's what we teased before before the break. Last week, Ryan Anderson, uh, linebacker from Alabama, comes Mm -hmm. out and kind of raises some eyebrows by saying that his NFL practices with the Redskins are not as demanding or as tough as he thought it would be in the NFL, and that it was way harder to play at Alabama so far than it was to be in practice and in camp with the Washington Redskins. There was a lot of talk about that. Again, it kind of raised some eyebrows uh, amongst the uh, NFL folks. Okay, well, here you go. Our own LSU running back Leonard Fournette comes out yesterday. Yesterday he ran for 31 yards and a touchdown against the Patriots, albeit uh, the Patriots draftees, I'm sure. As, of course, he's running for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I don't usually like to read stuff off an article, but this is worth reading just as it is so I'm not editorializing. So I'll just read the first couple of paragraphs here. One preseason game in, the, in his NFL career, it's in the books. Jacksonville Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette thinks he has it all figured out. This is the quote, or one of the quotes. It's a lot slower than I really thought, Fournette told NFL.com. That's how I've been since I first got in the NFL. A lot of people were telling me, like, it's going to be fast. But by me playing in the SEC, that kind of helped me a lot. I think, to me, it's really been easy. Fournette, the number four overall draft pick at LSU, rushed for 31 yards on nine carries and scored a one-yard touchdown. I've had pressure my whole life, Fournette told the NFL Network. I'm built for it. So no matter what the circumstances, I've never let the game get bigger than me, and I've always stayed humble. That's the number one thing. Ooh. Okay, so you've got the second SEC player, higher-profile player in less than a week who's a high draft pick, come in and said that their SEC experience, whether practice or playing, is easier than the NFL. Good, bad, or indifferent? Well, I
2: can tell you what certainly is easier, and that's being able to uh, deposit your paycheck. That's certainly easier. Um, It's easier to not have to go to class and be able to concentrate wholly on football. Um, I do think, the SEC, from a speed standpoint, wait a minute. you mean,
1: um, you meant they actually you're talking about college football players going to class. Uh, Never mind.
2: I'm just mo- 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 I'm I'm certainly, it's Sta- certainly at Stanford. They go to class. I'm I sorry. I interrupted. Wait, no, that's OK. Uh, that's that's OK. I, I haven't had a coach. At that was just kind of a hours.
1: weird that sentence just didn't ring true to me. I'm
2: I, I can understand it is. It is a bit. I didn't did mean to throw you off there, but it's true. Um I would say that, yes, I mean, um, if you look at even the Big Ten schools like Ohio State, where, where do they come for their speed? The South. Where do uh, even some of the West Coast schools come? Florida, Texas. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, his whole life, Leonard Fournette's been, uh, even in high school, uh, maybe a step faster than maybe some other states. Uh, there's just a lot of speed in the South, and he has spent his whole entire career to this point playing, um, you know, in a a league like the SEC where speed is at a premium, um, and it's paid off handsomely, I think, for him. Uh, He's had some injuries. Um, I don't know if anything, if you look at it, he was basically saying, I don't think it was throwing shade necessarily at the NFL as as a whole, but just saying, I think he basically was praising the SEC and the caliber of competition he played up to this point as being a little bit faster. I don't think it means as a whole the NFL is a slow league. You couldn't make that statement at all. It's just, uh, you know, the jump from high school to college is big. The jump from college to pros is big. And I'm reading into that that because he played where he played and the kind con- of caliber of competition he played in college, it prepared him well for the NFL.
1: Does this? Uh, there's one more quote near the bottom of the article. Fournette said during his training camp that he felt very comfortable, and since play, players started wearing pads, things seemed a lot slower. And the play is coming to him. He told hmm. the NFL Network thurs, after Thursday's game that he thinks he could put together a rookie season similar to what Dallas Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott had in 2016.
2: Well, um, maybe maybe if this statement had been made a little later and said after one game, it would carry a little more credibility. But I, again, you you kind of like to hear that from your number one draft choice that he feels comfortable. It's not uh, you know he's not having trouble absorbing the playbook or you know he's feeling like uh, you know the speed of the game is not as, as drastic as he thought it was going to be. That's the kind of things you like to hear. Um, whereas you look at Garrett Grayson and maybe, you know, I get the impression that he's, you know, that's, that's what his problem is. The speed of the game is more than he was exposed to at Colorado state. So, um, you hope that, that that changes at some point in time, but as of right now, uh, you'd like to have seen, uh, had Leonard Fournette been healthy all his years at LSU, what he could have accomplished, but. He's got this opportunity now, and uh, this is a running back who's built for this league.
1: 888-993-7762, Ouachita Valley Credit Union Hotline and Text Line. This uh, segment brought to you by Spa Nouvelle on Lammy Lane in Monroe, and also GB Cooley reminds you to support one of the worthwhile causes in North Louisiana And that is Louisiana Special Olympics. Jamie and I will return on The Edge in just a minute.
0: For generations and still today, parents trust H. Michael Sports to gear kids up for youth football and soccer. All-star football helmets, $49.99. Champ Pro integrated football pants, extra small to Husky, $17.99. Shin guards to soccer balls, cleats for football or soccer. Good sports know, if it's on the field, it's in the store. Nike, Under Armour, Russell, Adidas, head to toe. Everything they need is at H. Michael Sports. Still on Forsyth, still local. H. Michael
1: Sports. The 42nd Annual Pinecone Invitational will be held September 2nd through the 4th at Calvert Crossing Golf Club. The Pinecone is a pre flooded four-ball golf tournament you will not want to miss. Your entry fee includes tea gifts, food and drinks each day, cash prizes, three rounds of tournament golf, and a practice round. Sponsorship opportunities are also available. Call Calvert
0: Crossing Golf Club today to sign up. 397-0064. Hi, Kevin from Hitech. The latest cyber attack has already infected hundreds of thousands of computers in over 150 countries, brought down hospitals, railroads, banks, and even Federal Express right here in the U.S. Are you concerned that you may be vulnerable to the latest cyber attack? Then don't wait. Give us a call at 255-1110 and we'll provide guidance on how you can verify that you're secure. We also have checklists on our website at solutionsbyhitech.com or find us on Facebook. I want to tell you about my friends at
1: North Monroe Animal Hospital, specializing in all medical and surgical care for small animals, and even providing a boarding service. My friend, Dr. David Weber, and his staff are always my choice for my animals and should be yours as well. Located conveniently at 4300 Sterlington Road, which is 165 North, you can reach out to them at 345-4545. That's 345-4545. Tell them you heard it here on ESPN 977, North Monroe Animal Clinic, the official animal care provider of Terry Waldrop and The Edge. Yeah. We're living on the edge. Living on the
0: edge makes weekdays more fun, especially when you're doing it with Terry Waldrop. Welcome back to The Edge on ESPN
1: 97.7. Welcome back to The Edge, ESPN 97.7, brought to you by Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital, Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney-at-law, don't delay, call Bobby today, and Pie Works Pizza by Design. Steve hit us up on the Washita Valley Credit Union hotline. Who was the Alabama player that got in trouble at the combine? And I think all in all that Leonard is the first, is the best LSU back ever. But where was he when they played Texas A&M in Louisville? Injured. Maybe somebody can ask him about this after week 10 Mm -hmm. of the NFL season. Good point, Steve.
2: The player he's mentioned that got in trouble at the NFL Combine, Alabama player, was Reuben Foster got into a fight with a nurse <laughs> over <laughs> a drug test I think so I don't know but anyway uh, he, he's uh caused him maybe some draft spots but I think he'll I think he's gonna make the roster of the 49ers for sure speaking of making rosters uh are you familiar with this kid named Joshua Dobbs mark uh quarterback for uh, backup quarterback for
1: Pittsburgh for Pittsburgh College or Pittsburgh Steelers. First, for the Steelers? No.
2: For the Steelers, yeah. Um, I bring this in because it's a it's a really good segue to talking about uh, what Leonard Fournette said about the game being a little bit slower for him. Uh, this is something, uh, of course, Joshua Dobbs, a little bit of background. He's a Georgia Atlanta native, uh, played for, I think it was a three-year starter at Tennessee. And uh, was drafted by the Steelers. Not necessarily. I don't even think in the first four rounds. Maybe the fifth, sixth round, something like that. Anyway, brilliant, brilliant kid. Uh, to give you an idea how brilliant it is, his last class load at the tennis in uh, at Tennessee. I don't know if I can even pronounce half of these, but I'm going to give it a shot. And, and I, I bring this up because uh, Mark, you and I have never been accused of being able to uh, get into any, much, get into these classes, much less pass them. Um, Astronautics. Right. Yeah, astronautics, aerodynamics, and propulsion. About the only propulsion I know is getting thrown out of a bar. Uh, I've been propelled from one, uh, but this is for his senior project he had to design and build a model aircraft from scratch. Wow. Okay? And as he said, in somewhat of what Fournette said, he said, football slows life down. I can rest, study, it's relaxing, almost to have more freedom. Can you get over that? I mean, uh, it's unbelievable how bright this kid, and he's already, uh, he's had an internship at Pratt and Whitney, uh, working on futuristic aircraft, uh, so, I mean, hey, you make it fine, if not, uh, you'll, you know, chances are NASA's gonna pick you up, uh, but that's been his, uh, his, uh, modus operandi since he graduated from high school. This is a very, very bright young man, and, uh, he has, listen to this, uh, and I hate, I'm like you, I hate to read this, but I think it's it's worth mentioning. Uh, he mentioned that he could qualify for the new opening at NASA for a, are you ready for this? Planetary Protection Officer to oh, wow. help protect the Earth from aliens. So, uh, I don't know. He said, uh, we need you at NASA. Now, I don't think NASA is lining up for Mark Kramer and Jamie Foxx or even Terry Waltrip. Unless we're Joshua, working
1: in the cafeteria.
2: Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Uh, And I don't know if we could even—we're smart enough to work in the cafeteria at NASA. But uh, anyway, a great story. This young man's had his priorities in line his entire life, uh, at least since high school, and uh, took just a tremendous class load at Tennessee. And uh, if things don't work out in football, which I—they're saying—I know this will this will dumbfound you—but he's not having just a whole lot of trouble picking up the playbook. Um, So again, the the football, professional football, as far as Leonard Fournette and perhaps uh, Leonard Fournette maybe from a physical standpoint and from Joshua Dobbs perspective from a mental standpoint it's not as fast it is it is not as daunting as they were led to believe
1: well and I think Steve in his text uh, made a good point though it, it was one preseason game uh, he you know it's not like Leonard Fournette averaged seven care seven yards a carry he had nine carries for 31 yards You know, that's around Mm. three and a half yards of carry. Uh, And his touchdown was a one-yard touchdown. So, again, not like he, you know, broke a 25-yarder for a touchdown. But uh, Steve's point, wait until after week 10. I would say even wait after week five after you've been beat to death and carried the ball 25 to 30 times and gotten hit by all the starters of the teams that you're going to play in, say, the first five weeks then let's see how you feel and what you may have to say after uh, week five of the NFL season.
2: Well, uh, exactly, and uh appreciate Warren texting in. Uh, Joshua Dobbs was a fourth-round pick. He was pick number 135 in, last, in uh, this past year's NFL draft. But uh, I think, uh, you know, Mark, a lot of mentions made. Uh, some of the smartest players in the league, the NFL we're speaking of, are the offensive linemen. Because they have to be able to pick up stunts, uh, blitzes, uh, be able to recognize coverage. It's almost, you know, uh, it's almost like a quarterback.
1: Even... A lot of those guys are kind of the quarterback of the offense because they have to change the either blocking scheme or pass protection scheme on the fly mm-hmm. as they come to the line of scrimmage and see what the defense looks like, uh, especially the center. And then the everybody's got to readjust what they're going to do which is different technique, different steps and all of that.
2: Yeah. It's a very, you know, the NFL, of course it's, there's, I wonder why it's a full-time job. I mean, it just takes so, there's as much mental approach to the game as there is physical. And, uh, it's tough to tough to make a long career out of it. Um, you know, you hope that Leonard Fournette, uh, and Joshua Dobbs have long careers. Uh, but it's also important that, uh, you know, they invest properly and set themselves up for the future. And, uh, you can make it, but uh, I guess the ones I worry more about are the Joe Mixons of the world. You know, I don't worry too much about, uh, you know, other things. But uh, I, I look at the situation with Joshua Dobbs that, you know, his future is really ahead of him. And I don't necessarily think it, it belong it uh, is on an NFL field. So uh, we'll see as time goes on. But, hey, you know, we got one uh, – how many preseason games we got in the – well, last night was seven or eight games, and then, of course, the – the, the uh, hall of fame game. So uh, how about your Packers? Let's let's uh, what, what, what well, do you think the, they're going to be this? No? well,
1: They'll be okay. I mean, I think they'll yeah. make the playoffs again. I don't think uh, they'll make a run to the super bowl, especially if uh, you know, some of their key players get injured, but it was the same kind of thing as the saints last night. They won, I think it was 24 to nine, but Rogers didn't play. And, you know, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the starters, normal starters on both sides didn't play. So, you can't put a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of stock in it. Do want to go to the Washtenaw Valley Credit Union text line again? Thanks for all the texts this morning. Uh, Sam texts in and says, "I don't think Leonard Fournette was saying that it was easy. He said I think he was saying that it wasn't as hard in his mind as he was led to believe that it would be." Quotes are taken out of context all the time. That's very true. And uh, you know he did say that in the article, and I read that that everybody was telling him how fast it was going to be. And there are some times when people give you a kind of a reputation comment, you know, so to speak. And then when you actually get into the situation, and it could be anything, it could be doing radio. You know, I could be talking to somebody and say, man, it's so hard to, you know, fill two or three hours on the radio and do this and do that. And then they may come in and actually uh, be part of the show and do radio And then they'll go, well, you know, that wasn't really that big a deal. You made it out like it was really hard, and I didn't think it was that big a deal. So you you can um, put expectations out there to anybody in any profession, and then once they experience it, sometimes they find that it comes a little easier than what you had portrayed.
2: I don't know, Mark. I don't think you and I will ever get over the fact that uh, radio is is probably always too fast for both of us. So. But we'll adjust to the we'll adjust as time goes. Judges after the tenth show, right? <laughs> Maybe we'll be a little bit quicker on our game. Who knows?
1: Uh, Danny comes in and says, "I like Leonard Fournette, but he needs to remember that he will not have the Cowboys' offensive line going to the comment that he hoped to have a season like Ezekiel Elliott had, had w- when his rookie season with the Cowboys last year. Uh, he needs to remember that he won't have the Cowboys." offensive line at jacksonville good
2: very good point very good point uh i think ezekiel ellett would probably echo that comment uh, for, for his success um I, I does it appear that cam robinson is going to be a starter there in jacksonville i understand yes it looks like he might be able to yes so. it does he's uh, wow. turned
1: a lot of heads cam has turned a lot of heads there at jacksonville since the first day well even since mini camp and the rookie camps uh uh-huh. And OTAs, he's really uh, impressed everybody uh, with uh, with his ability. And again, he kind of said the same thing without just coming right out like Fournette and saying it. He also had said after his uh, rookie, uh, rookie camp and OTAs, uh, before camp actually started, that he felt like the uh, SEC prepared him very well for uh, the rigors uh, and dealing with Uh, NFL competition. So uh, he just, I mean, same principle, he just kind of said it in a different way.
2: Yeah, and I think if you look at, uh, you know, those who, uh, you often wonder when a kid comes out early like Cam Robinson did and Fournette did, you know, is that learning curve a little bit steeper? And uh, so far that hasn't proven to be the case, but I think, uh, you know, you're talking about supremely talented young men, both of them from our state. Um, Both of them doing well. And uh, I think uh, my understanding also, uh, not to get too far off topic, but I think Trent Taylor has has turned heads in San Francisco, and they were really, uh, my understanding is static when he was available uh, when the 49ers picked. So a good chance Trent Taylor makes that roster in San Francisco. Uh, So we should have a healthy contingent of both local and state players on NFL rosters this fall. 888-993-7762.
1: 888-993-7762. Could there be a any kind of LeVar ball type situation in the NFL? It seems to be fairly present, not just now, but even in the past in the NBA. But what if something like that happened in the NFL? A former Saint player and a Heisman Trophy winner has a little thought on that, and we'll discuss that as we wrap the show up after this break here on the edge on ESPN. 97.7 again brought to you by Dr. David Weber at North Monroe Animal Hospital, Mr. Bobby Manning, Attorney at Law, Pie Works, Pizza by Design and Spa Nouvelle. Wrap it up right after this.
0: Look in my eyes. What do you see? The of. is your comfort your shelter it's a place where you grow and become I always wanted that for us a backyard to play in a front porch to call ours a home we could be proud of because of Washita Valley Federal Credit Union we were able to have it
4: Washita Valley Federal Credit Union making good things happen the West Washington Youth Sports Association registration opens on July 22nd and ends on August the 23rd. For football, soccer, and cheerleading, you can register online at wysassociation.website, siplay.com. Or check the website for registration dates at the Complex. Cost for football and soccer is $90, and cheerleading is $90 plus uniform.
3: The deals are heating up during the summer clearance event at Brennan Dodge in Ruston with 0% for 72 on all
0: 17 Ram 1500 Crew Laramie 4x4s or save 20% off lameness RP.
2: Get a 17 Ram Quad Express for $29.9. A 17 Ram 2500 Crew 4x4 is only $35.9 and 17 Ram Crew Bighorn has sixty-five hundred dollars in rebate. Our selection is great, so don't miss the summer clearance event at Brennan Dodge in Ruston.
0: How does it feel? You're officially living on the edge. Hit Terry Waldrop up at 888-993-7762 and let him know. It's the edge with Terry Waldrop on ESPN
1: 97.7. Welcome back to the edge ESPN 97.7. Got an interesting, uh, interesting take here. Former Saints player and Heisman Trophy winner Ricky Williams was asked by uh, a writer for ESPN about uh, could there be – he was asking him about the LeVar Ball situation, all that mess. And they ask him basically just his opinion about could it happen in the NFL, that kind of a situation with, uh, you know, basically a buffoon parent, you know, or even in even in college football you know because it was a circus before they ever got to the nba it was a circus at ucla as well and he said you know what ricky williams says it's a persona he said i don't think you'll see that around most football programs because it's a different culture he said you can have an ego in football but you can all but you also have to learn to be able to be a team player you have to have respect for the team because football is a tough job at any position, and you put your neck out there on the line with your brothers on the team every day. Uh, college football's popularity would seem to provide some kind of a platform for that kind of thing. But this is the big and this is the big uh, reason and some of the reasons why some of the particulars why, and again, I, gr- I agree with Ricky Williams' comments, I don't think this could ever happen. First of all, you know, the NBA, you got a small roster. It's pretty confined. Uh, You know, you're not going to see anybody out there trying to, you know, break somebody's leg on purpose. Football has a completely different mentality. Bigger squads, more uh, kind of team unity kind of thing that Ricky Williams was talking about. But in college football especially, once the season starts, once even camp starts, high-level college football, the players are extremely, extremely isolated. They're almost put into a bubble by the coaching staffs in the school. And there's not a whole lot that goes on that, uh, that the coaches and stuff, and I know some of the guys, you know, get into trouble at the bars but as far as a parent or something getting involved, you just don't see it much in college football, I mean, to that level. Because, again, once the uh, once they insulate the players in the college football programs, especially when the season begins, uh, they turn most parents into, you know, what they could call powerless bystanders uh, that don't really get to do a whole lot. I mean, you look at... Uh, uh, Malik Zaire, who transferred to uh, what Florida mm-hmm. from, uh, Notre, from Dame. Notre Dame, uh, his dad tried to get into it about the fourth or fifth game last year, and they just kind of you know blew him off and you know said hey you know this is this is it is what it is and whether you like it or not and he tried but it just he just got completely shut down uh, and so there's some examples that are actually given to Jamie about. How much, you know, we always talk about major college football coaches being such control freaks. Notre Dame, for example, uh, they announced new rules requiring reporters to shoot in tight when mm-hmm. filming practices so they don't show any other players or the rest of a formation, for example. So if they're doing a story on running back Jamie Foxx, they have mm-hmm. to film as tight in on you and follow you as possible so they don't show anything else. Live streaming on certain uh, in certain practices is not allowed anymore uh, either, as far as that goes. Uh, <clears throat> the guy that wrote the article says also, Clemson and other high-profile profi- programs banned all players from using social media. Now, I think that's a great idea. <clears throat> At Big Ten Media Day in Chicago last month, top stars such as Ohio State's JT Barrett and Penn State's Trace McSorley were absent and were purposely avoided by the schools to the media. So Mm. all of that to be said that don't think that you would see anything like the circus of the balls in college football or even the NFL for that matter.
2: Well, a lot of things uh, at play here. I think uh, also Tom Herman, uh, the new Texas coach. Uh, there's a new media policy at, at, at UT where you can't – this is, seems a little odd, maybe speaks to a little paranoia, but they don't want any uh, – when interviewing Tom Herman, they don't want any reporters behind him. They want him all in front of them where he can be – seen, where they can see him and he can see them, he can he can read body language or whatever. Um so there is, uh, you know, in this in this era now of uh, a paranoia, a, a mutual distrust between the media and those that they cover. Um, by the way, if you were doing a story on me uh, as a running back, it would be number one, a very short story, and number two, a horror story. Uh, so I don't think anybody really wanted to do that. But it would be—it's uh, something that I think now you're, you're trying to, as a coach, you're trying to. Uh, it is about control. You want things out there, uh, which I kind of am surprised that uh, coaches are allowing access to, you know, the press now um, to do, you know, uh, like I think the Bucks they're doing this year, they'll be able to go behind the scenes and so forth. So uh, it's something that it's there's a built-in paranoia, uh, which, again, I think maybe speaks, Mark, I may be wrong on this, I just think that's the pressure of trying to win. These coaches, particularly if you're Brian Kelly. Well,
1: and you don't want anybody, you know, to the point of the the ball situation, uh, which is, you know, kind of where we're getting this from, you don't want anybody screwing things up. mm -hmm. You know, you don't want any distractions. It's tough enough to deal with your players and keeping all them in line. You don't want any of this kind of of distraction over your entire program. And, you know, this is true. uh, We've talked about this many times going all the way down to the high school level and uh, the AAU level in basketball, where this is getting, unfortunately, to be almost more the norm than the, than the exception. Uh, you know, a lot of college basketball coaches are just afraid that, that LeVar's uh, kind of antics are going to spawn a new generation of copycat people. You know, they go, well, hey, he got away with it. I'm going to go out and pub my kid the same way. Where in college football, if, if somebody, you know, f- football coaches almost dare parents to come in and, and put some kind of spotlight on a particular player because, you know, football coaches really discourage putting too much emphasis on one guy because football is such a team sport. And so they, it's that, and it also challenges their overall control over their program to the point I made a minute ago about what control freaks, most football coaches are, uh, real quick here to kind of wrap it up, uh, Penn state's James Franklin, who's a very respected, uh, football coach. He said, um, he said, I think that, that ball is an outlier. He said, this is kind of an extreme situation. I think you have in every area, teachers are dealing with this more and more in schools, um, elementary school all the way up to high school. Unfortunately, high school coaches are dealing with this more than ever. I think there's a little bit more of it also in our society. I think uh, I tell parents that you can come in and talk to me 24 hours a day about social issues and academics and about your son not doing well with his girlfriend when he broke when she broke up with him but don't call me about playing time simply don't call me about playing time and then he says it a third time in the quote don't call me about playing time so I think that kind of wraps uh, kind of wraps all that up that's coming of course from a football coach at Penn State but uh you know I can see where high school coaches uh and even again junior high unfortunately are par you know uh youth leagues that kind of stuff getting down to where they're having so many parental problems on the basketball court so uh, hopefully this will go away and the copycats uh, of lavar ball will stay away but uh, don't think you'll ever see that kind of situation in football so
2: no not not at all i, ho- I certainly hope not i think uh one lavar ball is probably too many oh as yeah it it's it is, way but too but, many uh, yes yeah, you wonder, you know, what's what's going to be the shelf life of this? But uh, hopefully as, as time goes on, I think the thing that, as you go, the thing I feel sorry for is kids, maybe not in the sense that I know uh, they're obviously being very well taken care of and there's a lot of money in that household. But um,
1: Well, if they're... the media, my, la- my whole thing has always been this. If the media would quit covering him, it would fade mm-hmm. away. the the more the media puts emphasis on him and reports every crazy thing he does and every crazy thing he says he's just going to keep doing it because somebody like him just feasts off of attention so you quit giving him it's like a bully you quit giving him the attention and it all fades away and so uh, you know that's a word to the wise of the media of course the media is looking for sensationalism themselves and the very next uh, kind of uh, contact so you know that's just the way that's just the way it is unfortunately well it's been great uh, being on with you Jamie again thanks for thanks to Terry for asking me to uh, sub again today and uh, so that you've been listening to the edge on ESPN 977 thanks to John Tabor the best producer in radio and so mm-hmm. for Jamie Fox I'm Mark Kramer saying don't forget don't live life safe live it on the edge and have a great weekend.
0: Thanks for listening to The Edge with Terry Waldrop. No matter what the topic, Terry will take it on. He's not scared, and you better not be either. We want to see you right back here every single weekday from 9 to 10 a.m. on ESPN 977 and ESPN977.com.